Hello, America. It's the Loftus Party, a very, very, very exciting episode. So much to talk about, so much to get through. Um, get you caught up to speed here. It is the uh, Loftus Party podcast. It is uh, part of theloftusparty.com in conjunction with the Flipside television show. All these three three things come together uh, to form a kind of Voltron, if you will, on the, on the Internet and on your television. Once again, sadly, uh, I have to report uh, no freedom gypsy, no liberty gypsy, no uh, uh, caravan of constitutions going on. Uh, Miss Stacy, as, as we call her, down Georgia. Miss Stacy uh, has to take a knee today. She's got so much going on. That girl is so busy and so awesome and wonderful. But uh, rejoice and behold, she will be back uh, with us next week. Now, luckily, we've got Andrew Apple right here. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello, America again. Andrew Apple, the, the busiest man on the Internet. That's what I hear. You're in like you're like the NASCAR driver of the working internet. I, I I've been uh, I've been keeping busy. That that is that is definitely true. We've been uh, between my my other podcast and uh, some other projects I have going on, which uh, I look forward to being able to talk to you about. Uh, it, it 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 has required some time, but paired with the fact that uh, you know the flip side did something this week that uh, I'm guessing you're gonna wanna take the lead on. Yeah, we got to talk about that. There's so much. There's so much. Now, um, just a heads up to everybody. This is we record this on a Sunday. So in two days, we're going to pick a president. We're going to we're going to pick either the first president with a vajayjay or uh, the first president with crazy hair. Uh, But it's going to happen, America. Or it's going to end up uh, as a tie and it's going to go to uh, the House and the Senate (laughs) or however that works. Do we need to talk about how that works, uh, do, do, or, or do you think our listeners know? I mean, normally our, I, our, our Liberty Gypsy would, would talk about this. Oh, Liberty Liberty Gypsy would be all over this, like um, like smoke in a crystal ball. <laughs> she'd, be all <laughs> o- she'd be all over this, like a medallion that keeps you from getting the curse of the werewolf. She'd be all over this, like, uh, like a caravan in the middle of the night. I think it goes to Congress, or it goes to the Senate. I don't know. Well, Other people know more. It, it goes to the House of Representatives. So essentially what happens is if no one gets 270 electoral votes, then the House of Representatives gets to pick the president and they can do whatever they want which is actually what we saw in the fifth american presidential race where even though andrew jackson won the election uh he didn't get 270 electoral votes so they ended up deciding that john quincy adams who came in third place would become president Wow, that's how that happened. Yes. Thank you. I love it. See, I'm learning something. That's one of the great things about uh, this podcast and about the uh, the website. It's it's politics, it's history, it's pop culture, it's bar facts. I love bar facts, trivia. I like that uh, one point uh, many, many moons ago, Sarah Palin said, oh, I look forward to being – uh, the vice president, because then you get to like what uh, run the Senate. Yeah, and she, yeah, she was saying, you know, she's really excited because you're the president of the Senate when you are the vice president. So she really wanted to get in there and work with them. That's what she said. And uh, she took a lot of heat for that, but I guess 
uh, fun to know fact, bar fact, if you will, if there's a tie, uh, she would have they, they, there is like kind of a president of the Senate and you get to uh, be the tie breaking vote. So that's a wonderful thing. Yes, but but we, we should clarify that it actually goes into history that most of the time the Senate does not want the vice president hanging around. I totally believe that. I totally believe that. I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of people want the vice president hanging around unless it's nowadays like I'm totally OK with Mike Pence, but I'm totally n- uh, not OK with Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine just gives me the creeps. I just have a reaction to that dude. When I see his little smiling and grinning face, he gives me the creeps. He's like like a little evil leprechaun. He still reminds me of a human Teddy Ruxpin. And, and and if Teddy Ruxpin doesn't give you the creeps, you don't know what the creeps are. <laughs> Teddy Ruxpin was completely creepy. Teddy Ruxpin was completely creepy. Okay, so we're just going to um go flying through some news here. There's so much to cover. Uh, big news in the entertainment world. Uh, there are new episodes of the Flipside television show coming to your way. We're very lucky. We've partnered up with U2 uh, America. U2 America is a great new channel. They're in about, I think it's like 34, 35 million homes uh, across the country. So you can always see the flip side on their station. You can all see, also see us on Family Entertainment TV. I think they run us, both, both stations run us at, at very odd times. But you have a DVR and you can find us. Uh, so starting very soon, uh, new episodes on the airway. So uh, the TV show just continues to thrive and grow and be great. Uh, that's great. We did uh, we did some yeoman's work this week. We did uh, we did four new episodes of the television show. Some of the things you can be lo- this is, this is the great thing you get with this podcast. A little spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert numero uno. One of our guests on the show uh, will be the founding fathers of America. Wait, I'm just going to let wait. that sink in. Wait, did you say the founding fathers of America? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. We uh we went to uh we went we went in our uh, Loftus party time machine, our hot tub uh, time machine, and we talked to the founding fathers. No, what happened is was this, uh, Andrew Apple. When you and I went to Politicon in Los Angeles this year, there's a group of actors, and these guys were great, and they stayed in character the entire time. And uh, who did we have? We had uh, we, we had Ben Franklin, we had uh, John Adams, we had George we Washington, had, uh, we had Thomas George Jefferson, T.J. Tommy Jefferson, and we had the hottest founding father in the world right now, Alexander Hamilton. That's right. I couldn't remember. Those guys were awesome. They stayed in character. We got a little silly. We had a blast, though. And they knew their facts. You know what? I wouldn't just give it up if it was like just some some, like uh, improv group from uh, Tuscaloosa. These guys were actually pretty darn good and they could stay in character and answer questions. And they got a little silly. And I loved it. Uh, Another great interview that's going to be coming on an upcoming episode. Michael Steele. A friend of the show. He's been on this podcast before. We like that dude. He's always in. He's always on the hot seat at uh, MSNBC. But I like that guy. I like him as a human being. Uh, and I think he gets a he gets a lot of like. I think a, like a lot of Republicans maybe don't like him that much. I don't know. I get that. I get that vibe. But the dude has done me no ill. So I will uh, be supporting the Michael Steele. Well, okay. So you'll see him on the show. Can it, Can I say something that might be a little controversial? Dude, I live for it. I live for the controversy. You know me. I like the idea of the Republican Party that Michael Steele is spitting. 
Well, here's this is the exciting thing. I do too. I a lot of people are uh, like afraid and worried. Now, granted, this is the Sunday before the election. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, one minute my gut tells me one thing. One minute my gut tells me the other thing. I've had it with the polls. I don't believe any of the polls anymore. Uh, and I haven't for quite some time. Donald Trump is up by five. Hillary's up by 12. Hillary's up by two. Trump is down by four. I just don't. I don't believe in the science of it. And and I'm also I, I'm in that I'm getting very, very close to that territory of like, I just think they're trying to uh, either make one fan base upset or make one fan base happy. So just go out there and vote. Like, that's what we were saying last week. Just do your thing, vote, and uh, we will all muddle through this somehow. No matter what happens, we will all muddle through somehow. Okay, so um, these are the exciting times. I'm ready for the election. I'm not ready for it to be over. And and, and like I was saying last week, I, I don't like it. People are saying that all over the news now. I just can't wait for this to be done. No, I'm loving it because every day there's new information. There's new craziness. There's new insanity. And I just dig it. I, I, I dig that whole let's let's live on the razor's edge. And I think that the, the future is very exciting. I'm totally stoked for whatever blossoms out of the Republican Party. I think a, a huge wave of people have finally kind of been heard. And this can be the beginnings of some fun, fun times. I want to have fun and I want people to leave me alone and I want to spend our tax dollars uh, more wisely. That's all I want. So at theloftestparty.com and on the flip side, we are going to call them like we see them. If a uh, Democrat is a they're a the government ain't going to solve my problems and you're spending too much of my money. So we're going to have fun. We're going to have a blast and we're going to do it and do it and keep it right. Okay. Are you ready, Andrew Apple? I am ready. What are we going to first, Michael? What, what do you want to talk about first? Okay. First and foremost, this is, I guess this is the big one because it just happened. And then we'll have to kind of go back in time to cover some other stuff. Uh, uh, first and foremost, James Comey came out today uh, and he said uh, there's, there's, no, there's nothing new here that he's leaving. Uh, it was very cryptic the way he said it. Uh, I think he's he's leaving the investigation into Hillary Clinton where he left it, uh, what, back in June or July? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thesis of what came out today was despite the fact that he released a letter to Congress saying, hey, we found some new emails that may have something to do with Hillary Clinton and we're looking into it. Uh, apparently, he has finished looking into it and there will be no new charges filed against Hillary Clinton. The, the ruling stands. The ruling stands. The ruling on the field stands. Okay. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I tweeted it out today at Flipside Loftus. This will be the third time that I have not lost my mind over uh, a decision that James Comey makes. I uh, <laughs> People are, are losing it on Twitter. They're losing it on the news. Uh, here's where I stand. In, in looking, there's no way you'll ever convince me a crime wasn't committed. You, you just can't, you can't convince me unless I personally, like Comey would have to hold my hand, almost literally, and, and take me into the FBI building and show me everything. Like I, 
I personally would have to see it all. And even then, I would be like, but hey, man, uh, her maid was looking at that stuff. Did you hear about this, Andrew? Yeah, it's – there have been uh, quite a few WikiLeaks revelations, uh, but uh, you tell the story better than me. So please uh, tell us about the maid. I saw this. I saw this on uh, Twitter today, and then the New York Post, uh, and hopefully they can back this up. I guess they're they're the New York Post is claiming that like Hillary had her maid like uh, print out uh, all these classified documents and all these emails. Like the maid uh, was printing this stuff out. This like poor Ecuadorian wo- woman who's probably incredibly underpaid. I mean, it's like it's so like comedically rich. Like Hillary Clinton can't figure out how to print emails, so she's like, "Hey, you know, Rosita, can you do this for me?" And see, I can, but you got you, you're out of Windex. <laughs> it's like, well, and, and and we should comment that that's certainly that's not a crime, right? Like you're you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that. No, no, no. And, and I guess the FBI sees it differently. Well, and and this is actually something that she's talked about for a while, and uh, it's happened a lot through her surrogates. She has just said, well, you know, I'm the kind of person that uh, works a lot with paper, so somebody has to print it out for me. And apparently what this story was saying was uh, her maid was the one who was printing out these emails so that she could read them. It's Isn't that hilarious? Like, okay, if she becomes the president, if she becomes the president, somebody needs to teach that woman how to click print, okay? And, like, they, so, like seriously, I, I, I want a certificate. I want a certificate that says she's done 20 hours on a, on a Windows uh, laptop or a Mac. I, she, she needs to learn how to do this stuff, and she has to figure out how, how to not get fished. Because that's how WikiLeaks got all this stuff. Was John Podesta? Uh, John, that, John Podesta got fished so bad. That's like it's tragic how how gullible that dude was for the phishing scam. Well, and and honestly, I think it should go a step further. I honestly think that the White House, to some degree, needs to be as paper free as possible. Like Microsoft Surfaces are really cheap. Like buy her one of those, and she can just read her email off of there. Ah. Uh. Uh, the whole thing terrifies me. The whole thing terrifies me. And and I'll I'll say this, and I just want to say this on the record. I don't think the FBI is done with her. I think they're going to look into the Clinton Foundation. I have my own like little conspiracy theories. Uh, I think they needed to call off the investigation before the election just to say that they did. Just to say, hey, we weren't trying to rig the election one way or the other. Uh, we called off our investigation. We did it as soon as we could. Uh, however... She's going to get in trouble for the Clinton Foundation. The Clinton Foundation is really, really skeezy. That's super skeezy. Um, I think more likely than not, especially if she does become the president, uh, I don't think anything will happen to her or Bill in relation to the Clinton Foundation. Uh, I think it's perfectly possible that they may end up with some fines or maybe, in a rare case, some lower-level staffers may end up taking some heat. But I'd actually be be very sad. I, I agree, but I'd actually be very surprised if anything happened to the Clintons in relation to the the, the Clinton Global Initiative. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, um, you probably have to think that everything was done legally, like just skirting legal, just skirting. And I think that's what drives people crazy. Like lawyers know how to do that. They just, just paint the edges of legal. They just paint the edges. They're painting the corners of legal. 
And I'm going to use that uh, as a segue, the paint in the edges, because it reminded me of something else. See, here's here's my thought process. Paint in the corners takes me straight to a baseball analogy, which takes me straight to the World Series, which was uh, just a exercise in heartache and loss for me. Just the worst. And and th- and this is great. I'm glad that we can get it from your perspective because you are actually in the minority right now. Most people are over the moon that the Cubs won. Story of my life, guy. Story of my life. In the minority, heartbroken, and I'm like a I'm like that that woman with a with the angry boyfriend, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna go back. He doesn't treat me right, and I go back every time. Like Cleveland burned me so bad in 97. That hurt so bad losing in a game seven of a World Series. I'm like, I'll never do it again. I will never do it again. Ever, ever, ever. And this time I got sucked back in. I started caring again. I was invested and and I'm sitting there on my couch and I watched it happen again. And it just the only the only solace I can take in the entire thing is that it was to 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 Chicago, that it was to Chicago, that we ended their drought. Yay. Hooray. And here's the other thing I liked about it. In the ninth inning, we scared him a little bit when we scored that run and we got it to within one run. All the Chicago fans are like, oh, man, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> and And before they won, they were scared a little bit. Well, I, I can say it has done wonders for the city of Chicago, and uh, I, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, I, I guess Bill Murray is now the goodwill ambassador for the city because he's been showing up everywhere just boasting on behalf of the Cubs. Dude, and that's the other thing that makes it all right, and I'm going to get a little maudlin here, and I'm going to get a little emotional, but I don't care. You know Bill Murray is a huge Cubs fan. You know John Candy was a big Cubs fan. All those guys who came up through uh, Second City in Chicago, they're big Cubs fans. Oh, and, yeah. and so I was I was happy for Bill Murray. There's a very funny – even though it took me a couple days to look at this stuff, uh, but there were some very touching – moments in that world series that was like it's why i love baseball it's why i love america blah 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 bald eagles and the flag and apple pie and mom and ford trucks but like bill murray celebrating with the team you know and and spraying champagne everywhere he just looked so happy i'm just you can't you have a hard time when bill murray is so happy and smiling and he's a little drunk and just gregarious there's not a lot mean you can say about that. No, there it's isn't. It's hard to get. And I guess that's how Bill Murray is as a person. If he, if Bill Murray likes you, he loves you. And if Bill Murray doesn't like you, he hates you. So just to see Bill Murray so full of joy took a little bit of the sting off it. Here, here's two other things that happened. Somebody had an internet, uh, a video on the internet. Somebody had an internet. That's funny. <laughs> Somebody had a video on the internet. Uh, this dude lived like a mile away from Wrigley Field. Now, the Cubs had just beat the Indians, uh, I want to say like in, in game three or game four. And the whole crowd is singing that that song, Go Cubs Go. And this dude videotaped it. He lives a mile away from Wrigley Field and you could hear it off in the distance like through the night. You had like the sounds of like, you know, the Chicago night and then off in the distance you could hear the entire stadium singing Go Cubs Go and I I found it to be insanely beautiful. 
I'm a, I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. And I'm like, well, that's just beautiful. Like that feeling you get when a whole stadium of people come together and start singing, it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's everything right with America. Someday I hope that's uh, Cleveland Stadium and, some, and, I, and I hope I'm in it. Here's the other incredibly beautiful thing that happened. I, thought, I feel like Rachel Maddow now. I just shook my hands. <laughs> I shook my hands like Rachel Maddow does. I found myself, oh my gosh, I just channeled Rachel Maddow. That's frightening. Um, uh, here's the other great thing that happened. Budweiser had that, I think it was a, a they tried to do like a, uh, the Budweiser party uh, campaign. And I think it was kind of a failure. You don't, don't put beer and politics together. It just, it's not a good idea. You don't want to get drunk and start po- talking politics. That's, to me, that's like a, a recipe for a street riot. Right. Let's get drunk and talk about politics. What happened to Chicago? Oh, it burned to the ground. What happened? Oh, they were watching a Budweiser ad and everybody got drunk and started hitting each other. Um, so someone at Budweiser, have you seen this yet? Yeah, yeah. Th- this was the Bud Light Party campaign that they did where they had Seth Rogen, Michael Pena, and Amy Schumer doing their commercials. Right, right, right. So that was all that I think is is not good about it. Now here comes the wonderful thing that Budweiser did. Uh, Harry Carey, the old announcer uh, for the Cubs, I, who I met many, many years ago. I was playing a comedy club in Chicago. I think I was playing Zany's downtown. Went to Harry Carey's restaurant after the show to grab something to eat and have a drink. And Harry Carey came in with like two hot chicks, one on either arm, just like a total boss. And Harry Carey, you know, he's just that guy and everybody does an impression of Harry Carey. Somebody took old audio from Harry Carey calling Cubs games, and they had him call the last inning of the World Series. So it was like the ghost of Harry Carey watching the Cubs win. That's a lot. That's a grounder. That's going to be an out. Cubs win. And it was so well done. And it's a, it's a Budweiser spot. I'm sure they've got it on their website. It is so I, – I, I started getting misty-eyed. I started getting misty-eyed watching Harry Carey call uh, Cubs Game 7. That's how powerful it was. That's how emotionally strong that ad was. It was fantastic. And it's all that's right with the world. And that's, Have you seen that? I, I have absolutely seen that. And I, I, I feel like that's what this country needs. It it needs that that healing. It needs that thing that's bringing us all together. Here's the thing. People will do it. It's what everybody wants. It's And everybody, whether you know it on a conscious level or a subconscious level, you respond to it and you celebrate all that is good. Like we are all as Americans. I truly believe this. We are all on the same page. Right. Yeah. Now, we just got to get big government out of the way. They're just making it too hard. I want more people to have more opportunities to do cool shit like the Harry Carey Budweiser ad. I just want more opportunities for people. Government gets in the way. And 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 this is where I think a lot of people are both excited and hopefully hopefully more excited, but I think there is some concern because a lot of the frustration that we've had in politics over the past uh, I, I would say 16 years is that we have had uh, one party in charge of the executive branch and we've had another party in charge of the legislature. And there were a few times in between where one party was in complete control and they did some things that ended up, uh, shall we say, not being liked uh, by the other side. Uh, right. So, so what I'm hoping 
is that we can take this spirit of cooperation and all being on the same page and all wanting the same thing but having different ideas about how to go about it and find ways to work together yes yes and finding way and here's what i and here's what i love about uh the donald trump campaign and WikiLeaks and and ripping the curtain off of all this stuff. First of all, number one, you know where you stand, right? You you know that that these guys lean this way and that guy's in that camp. However, there is a way to cut through all of this BS and, and get things done. And I'm all about like holding people's feet to the fire. And if you are a uh, a jackhole who is not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, and you got to step to the side. Right. Uh, I think everybody agrees. Everybody agrees. If you've got insurance and you suddenly get sick and you need that insurance, they should not allow uh, be allowed to, to kick you off of uh, the insurance that you got. Right. That's that's to me, that's criminal. That's I, a straight up criminal. I agree. So I think there's a way to figure out uh, a way to get more people insurance for less money for the life of me. And this is one of the things that there's so many things that I want to do and I'm so excited about the future about like we got to figure this out. We can totally do it. Uh, when one of the things is like I, I, I can't believe you can't buy insurance across state lines. I can't believe it doesn't work like car insurance where like – and there, there should be like some chick from Geico. They should have that Geico shit. Geico should just start selling health insurance. They should just start doing it, right? Just change the ads a couple. Keep that girl employed for a few more years. Oh, hold on, you know? hold on, and hold on, some... hold on. We, we are nothing if not factual. You are thinking of progressive. Geico, they have the little gecko. Oh, I thought it was all the same company. No, no, progressive and Geico are two different companies. Really? Yeah. I see. I, I I thought it was one big giant monster company that just had a bunch of different uh, mascots, right? You had the the progressive. I guess, but I guess you do. You have the Geico Gecko and the girl from Progressive. I like the girl from Progressive. I'm not done with her yet. A lot of I think a lot of America is done with uh, the Progressive girl, but she I still find her highly entertaining. Hey, I get my insurance from Progressive. They're not a sponsor. That's not a plug, but uh, <laughs> they, they they do insure my my automotive. Yeah, there, there you go, there you go. I think I think Obamacare is an epic fail, just an epic fail, and it's going to continue to dwindle. But here's where we can't go: we can't go to a single payer system. That it's just not going to work out. It, it just won't work out. Single payer uh, is not going to work out. But anyway, uh, we're getting we're getting a little bit off the track. Uh, we were talking uh, baseball and what's right with the world and um, the internets. The Internet of Things. Yeah. Uh, oh, go ahead. We, we had something. Well, I, I, I was going to talk about it. Uh, there, there are some things that are connected to the Internet that I'm not too fond of right now, specifically uh, what Apple released with their new line of laptops. My gosh, dude, you were telling me about this and um, I was horrified. Yeah. Go ahead and, and, and tell the people you were, you're saying, first of all, uh, Apple products, not the cheapest product in the world. No. And now. There's uh, there's no USB port. Yes, yeah, so they decided that uh, USB-C is the future of all connectivity to your laptop or your computer. So, like, if you have, like, a normal uh, thumb drive or a microphone that you plug in or an external hard drive, that plugs in via what's known as USB 2.0 or USB 3.0. Uh, that That's the one where, like, you know, 
if you don't turn it the right way, then it doesn't fit, and so you have to flip it over, and you feel like a moron because you can't get uh, the, 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 the dongle to fit in the slot. You know what I'm talking about? I, I literally did that 20 minutes ago when I was plugging <laughs> in my microphone. I literally. Yeah. I had to look at it real close. felt like an old man. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Okay. So Apple did away with all of those. And then they released ridiculously expensive dongles that uh, could replace the your your standard USB port by plugging into the USB-C. And there was such an outrage that they had to apologize and cut the prices on all of them after they released a Mac product that doesn't even have an SD card reader. Okay, you got to hit them in their wallet. I have been I, I've been a Hewlett Packard guy. I've been a uh, a laptop guy. I've always wanted to and I love Apple products. I love like I love my iPhone. I love my i uh pad and i've always just been a little shy of getting into the uh the laptop business over there the the power book or whatever the heck the apple geniuses call it but like why are they doing this why are they why are they so re- they have to know their pri- their pricing themselves out of the market like who can buy this stuff well this was always the genius of steve jobs and this is one thing that i really respected about him that most businesses won't do they were willing to cannibalize one part of their business to make a product that they thought could be more successful. So they released the do I- tell, do tell. They released the iPad, which conceivably can replace a computer for most people, despite the fact that the MacBook was one of their top products. They weren't afraid of doing it because they thought they could sell a lot of iPads. Now that Steve Jobs has passed. Tim Cook, he's a business school guy. He's worried about the bottom line. So he's not going to take those same risks. So what people really want, in my opinion, they want touchscreen laptops. You mentioned HP before. They have a beautiful touchscreen laptop. It's called the HP Spectre. And it's thin and it's light and it's fast and it's really, really, really well built. But Apple was so afraid that they would cannibalize the iPad sales that they refused to do a touchscreen laptop. So instead, they gave us something called the Touch Bar, which is basically uh, a touchscreen that's about the size of two fingers that's at the top of your keyboard that allows you to control things on your screen. And I've seen it. And every person I've talked to has agreed with me. It's utterly worse, worthless. It's like saying, we know you want a touchscreen, but that might hurt our sales. So pretend that this is almost as good. And, and to me, that's okay. a middle finger. Yeah, yeah. Now let's get to the 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 meat and potatoes of this. You're gonna be do some. You're gonna be doing uh, some editing for the Flipside Television Show. Correct. Uh, and you you're gonna like upgrade your gear. You're you're in the market to get some new gear. Yes. To get what you need, what are you going to have to spend at Apple? Okay, if I were to get exactly what I wanted from Apple, it doesn't exist. Apple does not make what I want. Like, there, there's a, there's a company called NVIDIA, and in my opinion, they make the best video cards on the market. Apple refuses to use them. They use a different company called AMD to make their video cards. Video, video yeah. card is literally what allows you to play really fast video on your computer. Or if you play video games on, on your PC, yeah. you need a good video card. Yep. All right. So I went in. Absolutely. If, if I got the top of the line Mac Pro, it's going to run before taxes about $9,000. Ba-boom! That's a big number. That's a big number, guy, as they say in Long Island. (laughs) 
Now, now what if what if you do it through what if you do it through a laptop? What do you go back to Windows? You come back to Windows. What are you going to spend? So I wouldn't do a laptop. I would do a desktop. And if I love it, had a custom built desktop which got the exact specs I wanted. So if you want to go nerdy on it, 64 gigabytes of memory, uh, half a terabyte of solid-state hard drive, two terabyte hard drive, three video cards from NVIDIA. I want the GeForce 1080. That's going to run me yeah, you do. about $5,000. Okay, so, ba-boom, capitalism does it again. You save four grand, you get what you want. It's just, it's, there you go, hands down. That's what I wanted to get to. And I love, you know what I love about the old uh, the old desktop computers? What's that? They're like old cars. Like you used to be able to jump, in, like you could open up the hood on a car and, and move stuff around. When I was doing a lot of PC gaming, uh, which I really miss, I really wish I had more time to, to, to get in there and do more uh, stuff on the PC, uh, you know, World of Warcraft, stuff like that. You could open up the side of your your desktop you could literally open up the side you could slide out your old uh graphics card or your old sound card you could go to a computer show here in los angeles and you could buy just i just want the graphics card just give me a top of the line boom boom. you give the guy the money you come home you plug in the uh you know you plug in the graphics card you get the driver going bing bang boom and you're in business like you can still to me it's like it's like a hot rod thing you could build your own desktop a buddy of mine uh jack he's uh one of my oldest friends from columbus another stand-up he he would like literally like build his own computers and he would hire people and there was buddies and dudes like no you want this sound card and this is going to speed that up and let's put an extra fan in here it's so much fun come on back come on back to windows andrew apple well you know there's actually a a, a group of people who like to create what are called hackintoshes have you seen those oh yeah yeah. No, I haven't. Where it it basically you do exactly what you just said. You build your own computer, but you get a copy of the uh, Mac operating system and you put it onto your computer. So you've basically built not a Macintosh but a Hackintosh. Uh, what you you basically build what a Hackintosh. That's awesome. Now I love it. But here's the problem with it. What? If, There's if you, always a problem. If you try to build it with any other specs than exactly the way that Apple builds theirs, it's going to burn out your motherboard. Aye, aye, aye. That's no good. No. I come to you, I'm, I'm speaking as Hillary Clinton's uh, Ecuadorian maid who has to print out the top <laughs> secret emails. That's no good. And That's horrible. The only appeal of doing it and mind you, it, it doesn't always work very well, but the only appeal of doing it is you can then build that $9,000 computer for something in the three dollars to $5,000 range. Well, that seems like something Apple needs to figure out. They need to figure that out. Come on, Apple. Bring those prices down. Okay. So we're going to we're gonna uh, springboard. We already talked about James Comey, right? Yeah, yeah. We touched on him in the beginning. Poor James Comey. Poor, poor James Comey. The funny thing on the internet today, on the Twitter, I love the Twitter. I love, uh, I, I just love it. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming addicted. Uh, people are saying the reason James Comey called off the, the investigation is because he didn't want to get murdered. If you ever want to have a... <laughs> If you ever want to, if you ever want to have a fun time, go to Google and look up like Hillary's death count or the Clinton body count, 
Oh my god! There's so many mysterious deaths. It's it's really it starts to get spooky after a while. Like you go as a joke, like what can this be? And then you look and you're like, maybe there's something there. I don't think James Comey wanted to get heart attacked, mysterious heart attacked, like uh, Andrew Breitbart. Um, anyway, so here's which I have to lead to this. I, I certainly don't want to end on this, but this was the number one trending thing for the longest time. And nobody on the mainstream media touched it with a 10 foot pole spirit cooking. OK, uh, you mentioned this to me before the podcast. I took a minute and looked it up very quickly. But tell us, what is spirit cooking? I don't know. I don't want to know. It totally creeped me out. It totally creeped me out. So there was in WikiLeaks like two days ago, uh, there's like this really weird email uh, like to John Podesta from this woman, Mariana Brondongavaga something, whatever. Mariana Abramovich. She's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mariana Abramovich, whatever. Uh, I'm going to murder her name. I'm sorry. I don't, and I don't care. Um, she's like, we're having a dinner. We're having a spirit. We're going to be doing some spirit cooking. Come over and hopefully you can bring your brother. And it was like, just like, why is this in WikiLeaks? Like, what's the deal here? And then John Podesta is like, oh, yeah, I'll totally be there. I love the spirit cooking. Uh, I'm totally paraphrasing. I'm not. That's not a quote. Totally paraphrasing. And so then spirit cooking is this crazy and they show uh, like clips of it. So she says that she's a performance artist, right? Yes. Now there's like the instructions, and this like this is like some of that dubious performance art, like super dubious, where she's taking like uh, blood and uh, and and semen and whatever else. I don't know the recipes. But you put it in the corners of a room and you you write stuff on the walls. It's like straight out of Blair Witch. And then you got to cut your middle finger and eat the pain and all this other wackiness. And uh, and you're like, well, this is a bunch of uh, a bunch of hooey. Right. There's no way this can be right. And then. Uh, this woman is like, well, when you do it as art, it's one thing. But when you do it in private, uh, it's more powerful when you have like private. And then, dude, these pictures come up, pictures of like this lady with like freaking Lady Gaga. And they're at some bizarre dinner. And this isn't an art gallery. This is not an art gallery. This is just in some undisclosed location. And it looks like there's a dead dude in some kind of container. And there's like, I don't know if it's Hershey syrup or if it's real blood or what. I don't even know. It's like, it's like out of uh, uh, Rosemary's baby or something. And they've got spoons and they're eating something. <laughs> You're just like, no way, no way. And then there's another picture of this lady with like Jay-Z and they're like touching foreheads and Jay-Z has this crazy look on his face. And you are like, what the heck is going on? What the heck is going on? And she says she's not a Satan worshiper, but if like her Twitter account, it's like, no way. What are your thoughts, Andrew Apple? Well, Cause uh, I can't believe you haven't heard of this. It's the craziest, craziest thing that's happened the entire uh, election year. All right. So I, I have not heard of this. I have heard of Mariana Abramovic and she is known in the world for doing this kind of weird 
performance art type thing. I mean, have you ever seen any of her installations? No. Right. No, I haven't. Like, I don't think I want to. Like, I, I, I think the one that she's most uh, famous for doing was where she basically just put herself in a room with a knife and anyone could walk in and do whatever they wanted to her with the knife, without the knife, and she would just sit there. Okay. Now, I listen, art is art, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. There's art that I will uh, pay to enjoy. There's art that I will just enjoy freely. Uh, I saw a picture of this woman, like, yeah, like with a knife, like carving a pentagram on her stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, not cool, bro. Not cool. No. And then you see these pictures of, like, John Podesta. Like, this is freaking John Podesta. And he's got, like, like his hands up, and he's got the number 14 on one palm, and he's got a picture of a fish on the other palm. And then if you look at his middle finger where it says, cut your middle finger and eat the pain, the dude's got a Band-Aid on his middle finger. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. And then we, I, I I also should say, so the Jay-Z thing that she had going on. Uh, yeah. Did you ever hear Jay-Z's Picasso baby? No, no, I did not. So Jay-Z was actually once inspired by Mariana Abramovic where. Oh, I bet he was. I bet he was. <laughs> <laughs> where in order to promote his album, he would basically he, he took over an art installation and uh, inspired himself by one of her events. And people could just come and sit in front of Jay-Z, and he would just freestyle rap in front of them. And because that's what she did, he asked her to be a part of it so that it could give him some street cred in the art installation world. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. Do you have the uh, the inside scoop of why Lady Gaga was eating blood off a spoon? I <laughs> On some weird island. <laughs> uh, if if you've seen Lady Gaga's uh, applause video, I don't think that surprises you too much. Oh, dude, it was so creepy. It was so creepy. And now I'm looking for like who has a bandaid on their middle finger, right? Who's got the bandaid on their middle finger? Why was John Podesta cutting his middle finger and eating the pain and putting weird symbols on his hands? And then somebody showed it. Obama's playing golf. He's playing golf. And he's got his, you know, he's like looking down to see what his putt is like. And he's doing that classic like golfer kneel. And he's got one hand on the putter. And he's like lining up the ball on his left middle finger. Band-Aid, dude. Band-Aid. Straight up. Uh, Maria Abravamagamba. It was super creepy. It was super creepy. I am not down with spirit cooking at all. At all. That's like Ouija boards. You don't mess with that stuff, man. You do not mess with that stuff. So, all right. I got to ask, okay, because even I'm getting creeped out a little bit by this. And you said you didn't want to end on talking about this. But as I understand it, you did see a little movie called Doctor Strange this weekend. Am I right? Yes, I did. We're going to use that as a segue. I applaud that. I applaud that. Um, I went and saw the Doctor Strange, and I was fully prepared to love it. Fully prepared to love it. I love me the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, even though he does look like a, a human river otter. <laughs> Go on. Oh, it's amazing. It's like it's like uh, Inception, uh, but better. Like in terms of when you see these giant city, when they're having these giant magic fights and cities are folding in on themselves 
visually stunning. Go see it in 3D. Hmm. I'm telling everybody right now, this is one of those movies you have to see it in 3D. It's like Avatar. It just adds, uh, no pun intended, another level. You know, it's like Life of Pi is a much better movie in three dimensions than it is in two dimensions. Uh, and here's here's the problem, though, with the Doctor Strange. And this is not a spoiler. Uh, it's just my view on it. It didn't have heart. It just didn't have heart. These things happen in the movie and you find yourself just casually watching like, OK, that happened. Uh, and now something else, I guess, is going to happen. Uh Oh, you're never like you're never worried about it. And that's that's a problem. As as a writer, I, I, I need to be worried a little bit so I can uh, celebrate my hero's victories. It wasn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. I got more joy uh, out of seeing the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer <laughs> before Doctor Strange than I, I got out of the entire Doctor Strange experience. However, I will say this. when You know how Marvel – Marvel movies, they, they do that great thing where you stay to the very end and you get to see, uh, you know, two clips of upcoming stuff. Yes, indeed. Don't ever forget that, America. It's two clips. You get one little teaser in the middle of the credits and then you get another teaser at the very, very end. The The teasers were fantastic. I'm totally stoked. They do that thing at the end where they're like, Doctor Strange will return. And I'm like, awesome. Hopefully the next movie will just totally crush it. I think they spent so much uh, time and effort on the visual effects that they forgot about storytelling. Mm. It's the it's the it's the Jurassic Park uh, conundrum. You know, ju- just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. You know, it's like George Lucas in uh, in when he reloaded the Star Wars franchise. He can do whatever he wants visually, and you get so wrapped up in that you forget about the story. Now, did you get a chance to read uh, Brett Ellis Easton's comments on DC movies this week? No, I did not. Where can I find those? Uh, just Google Brett Ellis Easton, DC, and it should come up. I found it over on uprocks.com. Uh, he had to walk these back immediately, but he uh, was relaying a story where he had heard there were some serious concerns that were being had with the new Batman script, the one that Ben Affleck was writing. And the, yeah. and the Warner Brothers executives who uh, were having this conversation just looked at it and said, oh, you know what? We're not really worried about that. Uh, most of our money is coming from foreign markets anyway, and they're not even going to see this in English. So as long as we have good visuals, it's still guaranteed to make uh, half a billion dollars. So we're fine. That's the problem right there. That is the problem in a nutshell. There's n- there's no gatekeeper. There's no uh, like Marvel Comics, and we've said this before on this very program. Marvel Comics has a gatekeeper, a guy who says yes, no, yes, no, and and knows the universe, and no one is minding the store for DC, and they will they will suffer for it. They will suffer for it. However. Uh, not all hope is lost. Have you seen the latest Wonder Woman trailer? I I, I have, and, and I, I want to hear your thoughts because I I think they're a little bit different from mine. Okay, first of all, this is where I'm so happy about the theloftestparty.com because that's how I heard about it, and that's a that's exactly what I want. That is exactly what I want. I go to Twitter and I see what's going on, and then I get I see a tweet. It's like it's from uh, Flipside Loftus. And it says, hey, the new Wonder Woman trailer's out. I click on it. I go to the website. I watched it. It's exactly has how the world should be. I think the new Wonder Woman movie looks fantastic. I think they're going to get it right. I think they're taking a, a big page out of um, 
uh, Marvel and what they did with Captain America. And you have to have you. It, it's great. It's it's like an origin movie of of Wonder Woman because she did kind of come up in you know World War Two. Really, I think they're going to fudge it and make it World War One just so they can visually show you some different stuff. I love the actress. Uh, I like her little song that I like that now. I hated that in the beginning. I like her little the whole Middle Eastern <laughs> Greek wacky theme song. All of it. I'm in for all of it. Kuda, great use of the lasso. Great use of the bracelets. That was awesome. She's finally using the bracelets to have bullets go ping, ping, ping off of them. It looks fantastic. What, do you not like it? Do you not like it at all? So I do like it. I thought I, I agree with everything you said. The visuals were stunning, and I think it has the potential to be very cool. But here is my fear. Are, did you see John Carter of Mars? Uh, yes, I did. Okay. The problem with John Carter of Mars was not that it was a bad story, not that the visuals weren't absolutely stunning, or, or even that it was poorly cast. The problem was it came too late, and we had seen that story before. And I'm just afraid that when we see Wonder Woman, it's going to have so many of the tropes of the superhero origin story that the only thing that's going to be different about it is the fact the lead is a woman. That is my fear. Well, I tell you what, I think there's going to be a lot of those jokes in there. You already see a couple of them in the trailer where, uh, you know, Wonder Woman's trying on a dress and she's like, how do you fight in these things? I can't fight in a dress. There's going to be a lot of those jokes in there. But I'm I'm down with those. I'm, I'm ready for those. I think it's going to be fun to see a super strong, uh, physically fit Amazon woman try to fit into olden days England. I just think that's going to be funny. I think there's plenty of laughs to get you through two hours. There's going to be great action. Uh, I, I love that I don't even know who the bad guy is yet. I haven't even seen the big – I haven't seen, like, the big villain because you know there's going to be a big showdown. I don't even know who she's fighting, and I'm ready for it. All right. Well, I, I will say this. I will definitely be there on opening weekend. Absolutely. And I will tell you this. You know what? John Carter of Mars, I can't believe you brought it up, but I am a big Edgar Rice Burroughs fan. I read all of the uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs Tarzan books. Mm -hmm. And as soon as and as soon as John Carter of Mars, that's another one of his series, which is pretty much the big criticism that it's it's Tarzan in outer space. And that's completely valid. Uh, <laughs> I saw John Carter of Mars. And I really, really enjoyed it. And for me, the problem with John Carter of Mars, you could not tell the good guys from the bad guys. Just visually, just like it should work. It should be like a billboard. You should be able to make a decision instantly. Uh, that appears to be a good guy. That appears to be a bad guy. Then it makes it interesting when a good guy becomes a bad guy or bad. They Everybody looked alike in it. It was just a little bit. I mean, John Carter, granted, he stuck out like a sore thumb. But uh, yeah, to the you couldn't tell the good guys from the bad guys enough. Well, uh, it's been a few years since I've seen it, but uh, I have to agree with you there. I, 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 I like your point of view. I, I think the world needs more of your point of view, Michael. I think so, too, darn it. That's why we're not going to stop. That's why we're not going to stop. It keeps coming. Do you know what else the Loftus Party has now? We What's got a, that? We got a news feed. We got a news feed, guy. Ooh. Yeah. And, and, and soon it's going to be uh, – I guess there's a couple more tweaks we have to do – for your phone, for your mobile device. But once that happens, oh, oh, uh, Nelly, shut the door. It is on like Donkey Kong. All right. So if, if I can just understand this, uh, we, we have a website where you can get uh, all of your entertainment news. Yes? Yes. You can get all your yes. political news. Yes. You can get great podcasts. 
Yes. You can get wonderful blogs that you can't get anywhere else. This is a fact. Why are our listeners not already there? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's just a matter of us spreading the word. Now, here's the other great thing that's happened uh, that I love. Uh, You know, everybody's interested in politics, blah, blah, blah. Our podcast is doing very well. Uh, A little pat on the back to us. We've passed some (laughs) major milestones and things are getting better. And I'm just uh, I'm very much in love with uh, the TV show is going great. The podcast is going going great. The website is going great. So now it's just all about fine tuning and letting people know that all of this awesomeness is there and available to them at at the touch of a finger. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, if that's not a segue into Michaeltopia, I don't know what is. I don't, me neither. I really don't. I really don't know uh, what is. I'm, I'm writing down a third one right now because I just had one pop into my head. So you can you go ahead and start. Here's the deal with Michaeltopia, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and you, we're, we're going to start inundating Facebook with Michaeltopias. That's another thing that we're going to start doing. It's a very popular segment on the television show, and we're going to hep America to it uh, by uh, the uh, the Facebook because the Facebook's going to stop being so mean to people. The uh, Facebook's going to stop dialing down. Uh, they've killed a bunch of conservative stories. Uh, Twitter has thrown off a bunch of conservatives. It is what it is, right? I, I don't, I don't like it when the odds are stacked against me. I don't mind being the underdog. The underdog's very cool. Uh, you know, America. We started as the ultimate underdog. I'm not afraid of a fair fight, and I'm not afraid of an unfair fight either. And so now, uh, thanks to uh, WikiLeaks and the Donald Trump campaign and all of this stuff, we know what we kind of know where we stand. So this is when the work starts. So uh, in in the real world, this is my intro to Michaeltopia. In the real world, it's the deck is stacked against us, and there's a, a a lot of wacky rules that you don't understand. But in Michaeltopia, we have a different set of rules. Everything makes sense. So here's our uh, weekly Michaeltopias. Andrew, what's your new rule? In Michaeltopia, there is a holiday that exists between Halloween and Christmas, and it's called Thanksgiving. That means that all of these commercial entities that are already inundating us with Christmas paraphernalia before I get to have my turkey at the end of November need to stop. Dude, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I thought we had this solved a couple years ago. A a while back, like 10 years ago, it was really getting out of hand. It would go Halloween, Christmas. And then ever there was a backlash and everybody they, 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 they there was like an uns, unspoken agreement. We're not going to start with the Christmas stuff till after Thanksgiving. And I tell you what, they're sliding. They're sliding back into it. I was at Ralph's the other day, uh, the grocery store here in Los Angeles. They already got the Christmas trees going up. And I'm like, no, too soon. You got to wait. You got to wait. I know that day after Thanksgiving is a real bitch because all of a sudden you got to restock everything. But you got to wait. I don't want to talk Christmas before Thanksgiving. That's a great one. Thank you very much. What do you got? It's weird. It's like you're doing mine and now I'm doing yours because in Michaeltopia, we will always have USB ports. (laughs) (laughs) In my like in in my Michaeltopia, you can play around with it. You can play around like, oh, we're going to put out a a MacBook without a USB port. But in Michaeltopia, we will go out and, and we will buy laptops that still have them that still have them until you can make something that's so awesome. Awesome and so inexpensive and so wonderful that you're practically giving it away. In Michaeltopia, our laptops have USB ports. Amen. Yes. You got another one? I, I do. 
uh, and, and you're gonna right. have, you're gonna have to follow me on this one. All right, but all right. In Michaeltopia, every department store that is heavily uh, slanted towards selling products that uh, are meant for women needs a dude room. All right, this dude room needs to have flat screen yeah. TVs. It needs to have reclining chairs, and in an ideal world, it needs to have beer. Because if I have to allow the women that I love to spend money at at stores to buy clothing, which they look wonderful in, I at least want to enjoy the experience when I get dragged to go along. Now, are you? Is this a, is this a complaint about like those like bridal shops and hair salons? No, no, and no. Those it, it, no, uh, no, no, no. It, it, it's not even that. Like, I mean, I, I think this is something that should be in Bloomingdale's. I think this is something that that should be in in Macy's. I mean, these stores, and rightfully so, be, uh, they they are very much geared towards the experience of the female shopper because those are the people who are spending most of the money there. That's fine. I'm fine with that. But if I have to come along. I, I would like some sort of familiar territory in there. So, you know, if, if they could have a room that, uh, you know, felt like, uh, like, like it had rich mahogany in it, perhaps served me an alcoholic beverage, had somewhere where I could watch football when I step in, even like if it's just in like an, an annex so that I can sort of segue into the experience that is the, the department store, which can be completely overwhelming. I feel like it would do a lot to bridge the battle of the sexes. I tell you what, you see these, they, you see them on TV, like these Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or they go to the, they go to these stores and like, would you like a glass of wine and you know, blah blah blah. I think it's totally acceptable. I think if 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 a guy, uh, but it should be both, right? If you go into, um, I'm trying to think of like a real like dude store, but th- they should have both. Like if a dude goes in there, should they should be like, would you like a can of Budweiser? Like totally. And, I'm totally down with that. And it, it, it's actually starting to get there. Like, there are some very high-end, exclusively men's shops that, that will do that here in Los Angeles. But I'd like to see the, the bigger stores do it. I think that's something that we can all embrace. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's 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 another thing. I don't want that one to go too far. I don't want to, like, be Christmas shopping uh, this winter and, like, have Macy's, like, starting to dole out uh, – Cans and bottles of beer to people who shouldn't be drunk in the first place. <laughs> like tensions are are already high when you're trying to get the the last Lego set. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no alcohol on Black Friday. It's like no, no. Yeah, no alcohol on Black Friday, and, and they should probably uh, uh, keep it away from like any kind of last minute shopping place. Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, nothing at Best Buy either on December twenty fourth. Alrighty, uh, here's here's my Michael Topia. Uh, this is kind of a double Michael Topia. Uh, in, in Michael Topia, right after the presidential election, all these political pundits. I don't want to hear any of these talking heads, any of these knuckle-headed know-it-all jerks that talking. I, I I'm done with them. I, I don't want to see them for about a, another month. Conversely, uh, in Michael Topia. Michaeltopia never stops. Michaeltopia just keeps getting better and better and better. In Michaeltopia, uh, the podcast just gets better, the television show just gets better, and the website just gets better. And that's not just Michaeltopia. That's just the way it is in reality, bitches. Deal with it. Because <laughs> in Michaeltopia, we have not yet begun to fight, and it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be a good fight. Uh, bring some chips. You guys, it's been a blast this week. 
so much stuff has been going on. Uh, we got it all done. That's, that's a big, big thank you to Andrew and Stacy and everybody and uh, and Rodney and Jason and everybody on the staff of the flip side. I just want to say thank you, uh, Brian and uh, the people at Telco, everybody involved with the flip side TV show. Uh, season three is going to be crushing it. We are just going to be crushing it. And I'm so excited. I'm probably going to pee my pants. So. There's an election next week. We're gonna we're gonna have to go through that, and so we'll talk about that next uh, next week. Uh, tell your friends about the show, and oh my goodness, Andrew, I wanted to tell you this too. Have you been to uh, the the iTunes thing lately for uh, the Loftus Party podcast? Uh, well, I I'm subscribed on iTunes, so I'm there every single week. What what specifically should I be looking for? I want to thank all the pe- people who went on there. And and gave us some more stars. We are beating the algorithm. Uh, ladies and gentlemen that listen to the podcast, thank you so much. And and please continue to go back, leave a review, type in something, type in something. Uh, give us some stars if you feel like it. Five would be wonderful. I'll I'll I'll, I'll beg you for five. I'm not afraid of begging. Um, uh, but keep doing that. That's wonderful. That that gets you heard. That's how you rise above. That's how you get them breakthrough numbers. So thank you so much, everybody. We will talk politics and pop culture and all this wonderful stuff again next week. We'll have a new president or we won't. It'll be a tie. Dun, dun, dun. I say keep bringing it. Uh, Andrew, they, where can they go to hear your other podcast? Uh, the, the, the one you're cheating on me with. <laughs> Uh, head on over to SoFreshSoPrince.com. Uh, my buddy Lorenzo and I were talking about uh, 90s nostalgia, comedy, uh, a lot about uh, about the years when we had someone named uh, Bill Clinton as president. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be talking about that ever again anywhere else. I, I, I don't think anyone uh, is really going to be talking about that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll uh, see. We'll, we'll find have out. to see. All right. Thanks again, everybody. We will see you uh, next week. Uh, on the Flipside Television Show and on the Loftus Party Podcast. And every day, we will be seeing you at theloftusparty.com. Thank you so much. Talk to you later.